What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. It's Friday as this drops. Hopefully you are all getting ready to slide into that weekend. Hopefully it's full of sports cards collecting all the fun stuff that we do. I do appreciate you taking some time to make Stacking Slabs podcast part of your hobby experience. Today we got John Hedges on the program. You might know him at hedges.cards on Instagram. I have been blown away by his collecting his mail days. This guy has been zeroing in on specific products, specifically Panini one-in-one basketball. He's got to have the best collection in the world. Anyways, I just had to talk to him. This is a conversation full of passion, and I love what I learned from him. Hopefully you learned something too. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, all the buttons, most importantly, Tell a damn friend you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. Um, really excited about this conversation. I, I was chatting with our guest uh, before we hit record, and it's just funny. We follow so many people, so many different collectors in the hobby and on Instagram, and um, I think we get a, we get attracted to certain accounts that are doing things a little differently. and. Um, Today's guest is really focused, I would say, would be a word uh, that describes uh, his collection. And um, he was doing a recent mail day and it caught my attention and I sat and watched it all. And I was like, all right, I need to have him on the show. So I'm joined by, uh, you might know him on Instagram, hedges.cards, John Hedges. Uh, we're going to be talking about his collecting, uh, specifically Panini Parallels inserts, more specifically Panini one-in-one. I'm not sure anyone has a better any one-in-one basketball collection in the world than this guy. But uh, without further ado, John, welcome, man. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you doing? I, I cannot complain. I am here. I, I strategically put these uh, recordings when I can, and my guest is able to um, come to them during my work day. So it's a little bit of a, a break in the action for me. Awesome. And I appreciate the kind words and appreciate you having me on. Um, obviously, as you said, I love the modern stuff, especially one-on-one. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. It's a passion of mine and it's, it's exciting to talk about. I don't typically go here out of the gates because a lot of people do this, but I want to with you because I think if we start here, maybe then we can maybe understand a little bit about your direction, but maybe do like the background thing about like you're collecting and understanding kind of like so we can maybe understand how you ended up in the lane that you ended now. Any any background information and knowledge about John the collector? Yeah, it's it's similar. I think to to everyone else, right? Um, I collected cards growing up, and it was really lucky for me. Like, so my dad worked really hard. We're a middle class family, you know, um, but he was really about working hard. He got up, would be gone from work before I got, you know, up. And he'd be home super late, you know, maybe in time for dinner. You know, he was instilled a hard work ethic in us. And um, there are certain things he did throughout the course of our childhood that were just really exciting. One of those was cards, right? It was that junk wax era. And everyone thought these are where we're going to retire from or, or whatever. So we, you know, every once in a while, you come home with a box of cards and just being able to rip them open, you know. And um, my brothers are older than me, not too much, but like five and eight and a half years older than me. So that was like a really fun way for me as a kid. Uh, some of my earliest memories revolve around collecting cards. At that time, it was everything. Um, now it's just basketball for me. But then it was, you know, baseball, football, basketball. Um, so there's a, a huge amount of respect for just the nostalgia 
the cards bring for me. I love that. I would say, I know in your bio, you have, you've called out specific players, Mitchell, Luca, LeBron, Giannis, Curry. And I know you collect those guys, but if I were to like brush through your page or watch one of your videos, I would say like, you're much more than a player collector. Uh, Maybe I would say you're kind of like a product collector in a way, which is something that is, I think people do it, but it's unique. Like you, you, you zero in on what you like. So maybe talk about like that process of like zeroing in on a specific product and, and the benefit that you get as a collector versus just player collecting somebody. So some of these are, you know, I'm trying to keep it a little bit short, but that, these are these, both these questions I could go on forever on. So yeah, I'm a huge diehard Utah jazz fan. Um, so like many people, you don't, you take that breakthrough. Uh, I probably collected cards up and through like 1997 ish. Like I love that 1996 draft class. That was a big one for me um, being a kid. And so these, these nostalgic memories bring you back to it, but uh, being a big Utah jazz fan um, when they were last good before this last run, it was with Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, uh, Memo. Uh, I loved that team to the point where I spent all my money on flying to Utah to go to all the playoff games, just buying single tickets, going there by myself. I didn't care. I had to be there. Um, they had a little run to the Western conference finals and uh, you know, some other fan bases get to take that for granted. Um, it doesn't happen too often in, in Utah, right? And when they did that last run with Stockton before that, I was a little too young to obviously be doing any of that. Um, so I didn't really get too much back into cards then. I still have, you know, a few binders where I hopped back in eBay and bought some. But once Donovan Mitchell got drafted, you know, there's so many different stories you go down, but it meant a lot to the fan base because Gordon Hayward had just left. You know, he finally became an all-star. He's looking great. He leaves the day he left. Uh, it's kind of a funny story for me. You know, I had some family. I was in Thailand at the time. We did a dinner cruise on uh, the Chow Phraya River and ended up with food poisoning. So I was up all night watching that back and forth. Is he leaving? Is he staying? You know, this this thing where the articles are coming out, they're rescinding, and you're just like, what's happening? And I'm, you know, in between this, you know, I'm making multiple trips to the bathroom. It's just like a terrible night. My whole family's sick. And then, you know, Donovan Mitchell has just been drafted. So, like, this huge thing comes out. The Summer League comes out. He's playing great in the Summer League. You know, so I'm keeping an eye on it. And I go home for Christmas, right, in December. So, December 2017. And my brothers, both my brothers still collect different things. So, he brings up the stuff he's buying on eBay. And I'm like, let me get back on eBay. Um, so, I hop on. And it's just like, you know, all these Donovan Mitchell cards are popping up. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just buying different things. $5 cards here, $10 cards here. So, that's what I really got back. Like, spending $20 on a card. In 2017 was like crazy to me, right? I'd see these cards for hundreds or thousands of dollars and be like, what, what idiot is spending that type of money on a basketball card? Um, so that's what brought me back in was Donovan Mitchell just really hooked me as far as that and the excitement of him, you know, starting and then starting to play well. Um, you know, I remember vividly, like he came in, like one day they were getting blown out. They weren't looking too good against the Suns. He had like 13 points in the fourth quarter. I was like, okay, this kid's like, might be legit. So he started buying a little bit more. You get excited and then follow up with 2018. You know, he got Luca coming in. And I've been researching and hearing about Luca. Um, so those were like my two main guys that I really wanted to collect were Donovan Mitchell and Luca. So that's what got me into the PC route. Um, and then obviously Giannis has just had an unbelievable career. And if you're looking at like a pure investment standpoint, if someone wants to, wants to look that way, um, for modern cards, LeBron and Curry, for me, are like the two no-brainers. Like I, I don't know of any other basketball player that I would say, you know, to invest in more than 
and to appreciate their games growing up. Um, you know, like Kobe Bryant, I didn't appreciate Kobe Bryant growing up because he was like an arch rival of the jazz, right? I liked him until he got good. And then once he started beating the jazz, he was like, you know, I can't stand this guy. And I, I didn't appreciate his game at all. So just the appreciation for games as you mature um, and the talent level is just where I got to and just wanted to have, collect those players. And I'd find different inserts and I kind of created some different little spreadsheets or different things. I thought of like different insert sets. I'd look for inserts that, you know, had the most of them. And as you're player collecting, you know, I, I still look at every single Donovan Mitchell card that hits eBay. Every single one I, I look at um, probably sounds crazy to some people, but I look at every single card. And from there is where I started to find and venture out into these different parallels and different sets that um, you probably see me collecting now today. Um, and one-on-one is a whole different story. Um, but, you know, I was kind of just collecting these players for a long period of time. It's just what catches my eye? What do I like? What looks exciting? What's different? What's rare? Um, very early on, I got tired of the quote-unquote normal cards, right? The cards everyone's buying, right? If you, I'm, you're, and if you're on Instagram, it's not as bad today, but a few years ago, it's just like, Prism, 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 right? And it's just like, I can't see this card anymore. I don't want to own it. I, I had a bunch of Luca prisms, and unfortunately, I sold all of them, or fortunately, uh, I moved on from them just because I was tired of the card. I only have really one prism Luca that's still in my collection. That's a silver one that has, you know, more meaning than anything else. But that's how I evolved into chasing sets and different things was just starting as a player collector, uh, enjoying the cards, appreciating the cards slowly got me into the, this more different parallel chasing, uh, set chasing that you see now. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the, just the Donovan Mitchell transitioning away from your favorite team, but still being one who is looking at all the safe searches and looking at all the cards that, that are coming in. I think a lot of us, when uh, our these players exit the teams that we love, it's this a little bit of heartbreak, and sometimes we need a little time away. It's like I I, I don't want to even see the cards. Like I'm going to wait a little while and come back to it. And some people just like do a clean break, like liquidate their PC of those players. Like, tell me a little bit about why you're still like such a fan and why you're still collecting uh, Mitchell cards, even though he's now on the calf. That's a loaded question. So. Um... Now it's getting difficult, right? Because Hoops has come out. So now he's still in the Jazz uniform, but it has that Cleveland logo or the Cleveland colors. Uh, I think number number one is like, I really appreciate the person that he is. Um, that's what really got me excited about him when the Jazz draft and reading all these stories about how committed he is to the community and how he'd randomly show up to people's barbecues and stuff. And he was just really there in the community going to games and supporting it. Uh, and then obviously the, the fight for change that he's doing, I think is uh, commendable. I think he expends a lot of energy on that. Um, I think this year, maybe he's not as expending as much energy on it. I think he will again in the future, but just a solid person in the community. Um, so that keeps me chasing it. Now, as the cards keep coming out and he's really wearing Cleveland jerseys, that's where it will really test how much I can go for it. I think I'll probably stick to just a few certain of the parallels or sets that I really love. Probably what I'll still chase. I, I won't be buying every single card or every single insert probably, but we'll see, you know, because one thing I know about this hobby is what I think I'm going to be doing tomorrow for me, it changes a lot. And that's what I enjoy most about the hobby is that it's challenging. It, it shapes differently and you kind of have to learn how to move with it and figure out what you really love and what still holds value to you months and years later and being able to forecast what's really going to matter to you, you know, 10, 20 years later as well. I want to make sure we give some time to just like card aesthetics, look and feel. I think 
um, and watching your collection and looking through some of your mail days, like uh, you turn me on to stuff that I wasn't even paying attention to, or didn't maybe even know it exists. That could be like, you know, a parallel and a lesser known set that you think looks cool. And I don't know, it's weird. It's just, I feel like as a hobby, so much of us get drawn to certain cards because they make us feel a certain way and they may remind us of being a kid. And a lot of that has to do with the appearance, but we don't take the time to like, take a step back and like talk about design, talk about aesthetics, talk about just the way cards look and they make us feel. Um, I guess like for you, like when you think about like the appearance of cards, the aesthetic, like what are some of those things that draw you in and why? First of all, thank you. That's like the most um, awesome compliment you can get as a collector is just helping bring information to new sets or different things. Uh, and that's something that I want to do as well. So like I said, I, I look at all these cards from different players I like. And I think that really helps me identify like what's different, what sticks out and what's something that I can appreciate. Um, what's something that's more of, you know, I don't want to use the term art, but I don't know what other word to use. What's more art, what really catches and, and gravitates to just me as a person. Uh, you know, it's fun, you know, I'm pretty quiet and reserved, but when it comes to cards, it's a ability to express yourself, right. In a different way, uh, to maybe be a little bit more flamboyant or stick out or just appreciate things different. It gives you just different little angle. And so it just modern cards are what hits and just looking for things that stick out that are different, that you don't see every day that could potentially have, you know, a big future as far as value or excitement or, or they don't, but it doesn't really matter as long as you enjoy it. Right. If you're chasing cards for just money, I think we've learned over the last years, that's a big way to get burned. Right. I mean, especially nowadays, it's like, if you pay whatever amount of money for a card, why is someone going to instantaneously pay you more for it? Right. Unless you find that really one-off crazy deal every once in a while, most people are going to be able to see exactly how much you paid for a card. Um, if you're trying to do a transaction for it. So another point I wanted to bring up is just like, while I collect in the nineties, uh, and eighties, even I love those cards, but they don't, it's weird. They don't hold as much nostalgia for me. I didn't know of like the PMGs. I didn't know of those crazy things, right? I was buying the 25 cent, 50 cent pack. So I spent a dollar on a pack. That was crazy. Right. Oh, take me to the card shop for my birthday. I'd get like three or $4. And I'd be ecstatic. Uh, I remember vividly, even like, you know, because I like football then, going to buy a Barry Sanders card, right? I had my dollar. I was all excited to buy it. And the guy's like, it's $100. My mind was blown that there was cards, you know, $100. It was kind of an embarrassing moment. I want to, I want to, maybe on that, like, I've never talked about this, but I've, it's piqued my curiosity with a set like PMG. Do you think that there's like maybe a little bit of man, manufactured nostalgia within the collector base? Where it's like, because of these reasons, like I didn't even know when I was collecting, I didn't know growing up these cards existed and I got exposed to them when I returned to the hobby and there was this, all this conversation and hoopla. And yeah, I, I've got a Marvin Harrison PMG that I love and it's a great card, but um, I don't know. I often think about that. It's like, would I have bought that card if it wasn't for all the hoopla around that? Maybe talk, I think I'd be curious to like get your take on just like that whole dynamic. I don't know if I'm the right person to speak on it, but my thoughts are like, I love the Fleer Metal set. That was one of the sets that I loved as a kid, right? I thought it was the coolest set. It was so different. It was so unique. So I can understand why if you were in the hobby seriously back then and you knew of that chase, and I, the little bit I know, I think it may have been the first serial number chase as, as kind of the little bit I know. 
I think those reasons make that set significant, right? If it's really the first serial number of cards that came out, um, that set was unique and different. I definitely remember chasing that set, buying those packs, you know, ripping them open. I, I just got some of my childhood cards there. I mean, you know, I was, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't hoping there was a PMG in there, but you know, I could still have some in some, some boxes hidden away somewhere, but it wasn't in any of my little, you know, cool little nine sheet binders of, of players I collected back then. But I think that set will hold the test of time. I think that that ship is up and you know, the water's risen, you know, risen on it. And I don't think it's going anyway anytime soon. I think they're incredible looking cards. I think the, the green and red adds a little bit of nostalgia to it. So I think that that's a cool set for sure. But like it, it wasn't, I don't have a connection to the PMGs personally. Um, so for me to go spend money on it, it's hard. Whereas these modern sets that I'm chasing, I, you know, I got, you know, 10 toes down, I'm grinding away at it. There's so much nostalgia. There's so much memory, even just, you know, go back a couple of years. You know, I see a right card or right thing. And it takes me right back to like, you know, all these emotions flood in of like, what was I doing? Where was I at? You know, there's certain cards I can remember the specific area I was at or where I was randomly in the world. When I bought that card as I was traveling around, it's kind of, you know, fun to just have these weird little flashbacks into a moment of time. I don't think I have anything um, outside of my marriage and my kid that can bring that type of memory back or, you know, some family things, you know, random day-to-day things can't just like flood my memory back, maybe music, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's about it. So it's just the nostalgia is already there, even just from a few years ago. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, And I think with Panini specifically, it's because Panini is there and because Panini is making current cards, I feel like, it's always the easy uh, manufacturer to like point fingers at. And you hear people talk about things that they don't like. And I don't know my, my reason, and I'm not trying to defend anyone here, but my, my reason is like, typically it's like, it's the same stuff and people, people like don't want to go a layer or two deeper on, on certain things. And so, that's why I'm like drawn to a page like yours because you're, you're, you're exposing other collectors like me onto like maybe some of these lesser known sets. So when we're, when we're, you're thinking about your collection and thinking about like the basketball parallels and inserts that you have, like what, what are may and I don't want you to mention Panini one and one cause we'll get to that, but maybe like, what are some, what are some of the uh, like lanes you like to go around like current projects, projects you've completed, maybe talk a little bit about what motivates you. I think, like you said, there's a lot of finger pointing at what Panini does wrong. I mean, the scale that they're manufacturing at today the amount of cards they're they're coming up with, the amount of sets they're pumping out. I mean, I, I don't really want to say that. They've done a really good job of creating some really cool, unique chase cards. I don't know in the last five years that I've really been back, six years now that I've been back collecting, if there's been a better time to be like an actual collector. There are so many cool case hits, different random cards. Like you said, there's so many pages I follow where I see this card. I'm like, I didn't even know about this card. There's so many cool cards and affordable cards that you can get of even like Curry, LeBron, you can find these great case hit cards for, you know, maybe $40, $50, sometimes less of all time greats that are relatively limited. You know, they may not be serial printed and I know are serial numbered. And I know that's why some people get scared of it, but it's just a great time to collect. So going back, you know, it's just different sets. I love, um, there's so many of them and and it's probably the the bad part. You told me not to mention one one The one thing for that's giving me is like pure focus. Everything else is kind of like, I'm going to grab some of these cards I love. I'm going to get them in hand and see what go, what happens from there. 
So like the optic, my house is one that pops to my mind uh, right away. I think one of the reasons we love sports, we're so attached to it. You know, we're fanatics. That's why they call us fans. It's so fun to see your, your favorite players show emotion about winning and feel like, you know, for a brief moment, they care about it as, as much as you do, um, which is just awesome. So I love the first two years of my house. I hate what they did with it this year. Um, <laughs> you know, that's one thing where I could point and say, I don't really understand what they're doing. The first two years were incredible. Um, the great emotion, the collection of players they had was just great. In Fuego last year was pretty cool from Select. I really gravitate mostly to Optic and Select if I really think about inserts. Um, and I do. I like that they're relatively short printed. Like even some of the Select ones, if you get a silver, they're super hard to even just hit a silver. So Unstoppable last year, I love the Unst- Unstoppable insert. This year, the Unstoppable insert, I don't know if you've seen it, it's just incredible. In my last mail day, I tucked away a couple cards. They were unstoppable <laughs> cards because there was a few options okay. that were happening at the time. I was uh, wondering and, what those were. And since then, a few people have posted about them. And so the cat's a little bit out of the bag. Um, so this year's, I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a X-Fractor meets uh, a Nebula. It's wow. just, they're some of the coolest cards. I got one here, which is, this, this is a oh, loop. Wow. So I can hold cameras. So you get this like this crazy color pattern, you get the X-Fractor. <laughs> it's one of the coolest, coolest cards I've seen of, of recent days. Um, so yeah, it's like, that's a set I'd love to chase. I have a couple of them. I have not nearly as many of those as I'd like to have because of one-on-one. Um, let's see. Other ones that, that popped to mind. Prism doesn't get them a lot of love, but I love the fireworks. I know some people hate continue, like the continuation of sets. I love that there's like a fireworks in almost every year of Prism. That's one I really like. Anything that has like a gold and black and is relatively limited, those are the ones that I gravitate to the most. That's the one probably thing I don't like about my house is there's a few different variations of them. So it's just like Prism. Like when you get too flooded with so many different ones, the set loses a little bit of value in my opinion. Those are probably the biggest ones that, that pop off off the top of my head that I kind of want to go if I had a list, but things that pop off. And then Panini Profiles, which isn't really a, an insert set. It was a reward pack. It kind of fell under the radar. It was released during last year's national. I, you know, as I was sorting through, I just, I love the look of the Donovan Mitchell card. Um, so if you don't know, you can, you can Google it, Panini Profiles or Panini Customer Service Packs, I think is the technical name. You have like a, an action shot of the person dribbling, and then you usually have a, behind, uh, a picture of the player's back. I love the look of that insert and that card. It looked different to me um, than anything I'd seen. I think they did a, a version of it in baseball, but I don't follow baseball. So this set really popped to me. Uh, it brought me into the only set that went and chased football. So I, you know, I went out and chased as many of the football players I could as far as their golds and their one-on-ones. That was a fun chase for me. Um, those are the probably the big ones that stick out. And then the, the rare, rare random stuff like after optic gold vinyls, optic golds, things that, that kind of stick out to me. I wish I had probably more prism, but I really don't care for it in a way. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, those main things that people chase just doesn't appeal to me as much. Right. I, I looked up prison. I think has like almost 60 parallels. I think I counted 50. I tried to count. I could lost track. I think it was 59 parallels. What I counted, there could be more, there could be less. I'm just parallels of, of a card. It's like, if you're chasing a rainbow, that's a headache. Just even finding that many parallels. I like what you said earlier about just like the opportunity to express yourself through kind of your collecting and like you gravitating to these sets and, kind of curating them and being being unique and thinks that's like 
I my first exposure to your account and your collecting was certainly through Panini one and one, and that's what I want to spend a lot of your time, a lot of the time on. And I'm not sure I could somebody like was like, you got to see this guy's page. And like that's and I like went through it. I was like, holy shit, like this is insane. And it was like my exposure to Panini one and one was just uh I when the product dropped, and I'm not a big basketball collector, but the product dropped. I was like, this is like the best card I've ever seen. Like the photography rules. I love the 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 foil that is being used. I love how the product is laid out. I thought it was interesting, just like the configuration. Like if you're you know buying a box, like what it what you would get. And you know, there was a it's weird because there's like a little there's like a gambling component layered in. But when I look at the cards, like I don't think about the gambling component at all. So that's like my impression. I I have now got into kind of chronic WWE uh, chronicles released. Uh, the, you know, in their uh, list of content, they put out one on one cards. And so I'm going off because I love the cards to go out and try to get all of them in the first run. And it's a ton of fun. And so I see like what you do and like stuff like that inspires me as a collector. So let's like go all the way back and just talk to me about like you seeing this product product for the first time, like what it did and like your, your path and journey. I'm, I'm just going to let you talk and I'm, I might have some questions in between. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish I could say things like eloquently. Let's, let's just start off there. If you've already been listening this much, you probably hear me just bounce around. When it comes to cards, there's just so much thoughts that come into my head. It's hard to put them out slowly and really think about what I'm saying. I just kind of go all over the place. There's just so much excitement when it goes there. So one-on-one is just, man, I don't even know where to start. This product, like you said, one of the ways people might start is like the gambling aspect. For me, I think it's the perfect card, perfect set that embodies what these last couple of years of the hobby have been. If you've been in like digging through this hobby, the last couple of years have been crazy, right? With the COVID outbreak and us being at home and the, the rise of the values and how it's, you know, changed how we all thought and collected, you know, it was a incredibly challenging time. That two pack or two card box is perfect summary of what was going on during that time. Like I said, it was a pure gamble. If you're opening that box, it's a pure gamble. I think when it first released, they were like three to $500, which was still, you know, kind of hard to stomach. But a few weeks later, those boxes were going for a thousand dollars. Like it happened so quick and so fast. It was hard to really, you know, comprehend what happened. But for Panini to be able to produce a box that has two cards and sell the price point, breakers, storefronts, it's a perfect product, right? So what drew me in is the Zion mania that was happening. I wanted nothing to do with Zion. I was like, you know, I don't know if he's going to be healthy. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll be happy to hop in later. That card of him exploding for that windmill dunk, like broke my brain a bit. And this is, you know, I, I could talk about one-on-one forever. So COVID was, I think for a lot of people, I don't want to complain it it interrupted my life a lot. A lot of my plans, um, I, I could go on a probably couple hour rant of what happened in my life for that, but some things happened and changed. So that's besides the point, but I was on vacation. I finally took a little bit of a vacation. Um, we're getting ready to have our, our daughter. So we were having our, our baby moon, um, because of COVID, the way that things wanted to happen didn't happen the way we wanted to. So we were doing our baby moon, our last vacation before I have our baby. Um, but one of the things that got kind of put on hold was my proposing to my, my now wife. So I was there to propose to my wife, uh, which luckily she said, yes, thankfully, 
but this product was released that, that same weekend <laughs> that I was on vacation for, for the baby moon um, and to propose to my wife. So the Zion hits eBay and it's one of those things that takes me right back. I was in this beautiful resort on the island, in an island in Thailand called Khao Samoy. I hope I said that right. That's how I know how to say it. And it hits and I'm, I'm literally in the bathroom, you know, like getting ready. And I'm like, I've got to get this card. So like, I'm messaging people. I'm trying to figure out the first one is eBay. I end up making a deal for it. And like, you know, it's just like this huge rush. And then this, this moment sets in like, oh, did I overpay for that card? You know, I really wanted a gold one, a gold hit. I had to get it, kind of stopped everything I was doing. Luckily, I have a wife who's incredibly patient with all this, you know, craziness I do with cards. And I work a deal and this feeling sinks in like, did I get a good deal or not? Did I overpay? Where am I at? I'm excited to have the card. But now like, you know, reality sets in, money sent. <laughs> Where am I at? And then I just Google, I don't know, not Google, but look up what um, the Zion Silver PSA 10 is going for. And I got it for a couple hundred dollars more than what the PSA 10 Silver Zion was going for. And I was like, all right, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I'm very happy with this purchase. Uh, so then a few hours later, uh, LeBron hits with a buy it now. I, I just hit the buy it now. I get the first LeBron gold that hits eBay. And I'm, I'm good, right? I got my two one-on-one golds that I really, really wanted. Obviously, there's a few other players I, I want along the way, but feel good. I'm, I'm confident. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited. And I message a, a good hobby friends, you know, Sky Blue Cards. If you've seen his page, he has the complete 2018 optic gold run on his page. And he just sends me a, a note that really hit me for some reason. He's like, well, you already have the two hardest cards to get. You might as well go for the set now. <laughs> but I was like, I don't think so. But then I did. I started buying some singles here and there of, of the golds. I built out a spreadsheet and I'm, you know, I just, I started digging into the set and I just, I love the aesthetics. I love borders. Uh, borders are a big one for me. If you have a good, clean border, I like it. And then outside of that, it kind of broke the mold as far as borders go. If you look at it, like Zion's foot's breaking the border. Uh, different ones have the ball or part of the head, you know, kind of like there's a, Westbrook, when he's on the Wizards, he's passing the ball. It almost looks like a 3D picture because it's breaking the frame. It almost looks like it's coming out at you. I think that's from last year's. But these these cards just start becoming amazing. So I'm just, you know, trying to buy a few here, there. I, I, first time ever, I built out this spreadsheet, right? You know, I always hear the collectors build out spreadsheets. I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever build a spreadsheet for, for cards outside of, you know, I, I had some spreadsheets as far as what I was spending and some things on different things. But I built out this whole spreadsheet. I um, even start, you know, projecting what this set's going to cost me. You know, I'm digging in how much time, you know, I'm going through everything. I'm, I'm keeping track. So I'm overseas. So I can't even get one of these cards in hand really. Or I could, but like, there's a huge risk as far of, you know, trying to have someone ship it internationally. So someone else, I, I messaged them. They sent me a picture card. They're like, dude, it's, uh, it's awesome. Right. They sent me videos of it. I'm like, all right, all right. I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm going to keep going. So I build it out and then a Luca pops up and it just, well, actually before that two LeBrons run and they run crazy after I bought mine. So they're you know, crazy for that time frame. It's, it's getting up there. And then a Luca sells and I want to say it was right around like five figures for a, a you know, second year Luca. My brain literally breaks for a moment. I'm like, go back in. I have to reproject, you know, cause there's, <laughs> it's getting some momentum. I have to reproject what the set's going to cost me. And I'm like, throwing up inside. I'm like, I don't know if I have what it takes to chase this set. And my wife is super supportive. She's like, I've never seen you build out something like this. I've never seen you 
take the time to build a spreadsheet to, to really work through all this. So I think you should keep going. I'm like, you don't understand how much this is. And there's a few moments in time that could really break this for me. One of them is someone really wanted one of the cards and I gave them a price and we we're off small amounts. And I said, you know, if he buys this card from me, I'm going to give up on the set. Luckily, we, we didn't make the deal. I'm very, very happy we did not broker that deal. But that was right at that time where I, I put in the projection of the Luca. So it was like a day or two where you're just like, I don't know if I can really go for this set. My wife's telling me to go for it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm torn personally, you know, between like your stomach and your brain and your heart. It's all kind of telling you different mixed signals. So that was kind of my, my last test. Like if, if this card sells, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up on it. Luckily, it did not sell. So it's kind of a bit of luck with everything. Uh, and the set just it ties in again to the, the memories of proposing to my wife. Uh, that baby moon. And then when we went in for, I say we, when my wife went into labor to have our, <laughs> our child, she hit the buy it now on the Luca. Was Luca on eBay, she hit the buy it now for us to celebrate going into labor. And so this set just has so much resonance. It, it hits every memory, every core for me as far as what I love in collecting, the Zion mania, the gambling, the, just where the hobby was. Uh, ties into so many personal moments for me. Um, and then the day we left the hospital with our daughters, when I landed the first year Steph Curry Black. So it's just, there's so many different, you know, I can go through a lot of different cards, but there's so many different memories as far as that set goes. They're tied into deeply personal moments for me. And I just love that set. Dude, this is an uh, incredible story. Uh, shout out to your wife for being so supportive. We all need that support when we're doing crazy things in the hobby, maybe talk to this because like when you're like in set building mode and this is something I'm sure you can relate with when a card pops up that you need and it, let's just say it's, it's up for auction. Like you're like your world stops, right? Because you need that card to fill that piece within this broader picture that you're building. And that really, to me, what I found just in this small project that I have that it's a lot different when you're just going out and trying to pick cards to PC a certain player, because oftentimes you can make excuses like, Oh, another one of these will pop up. Like I can wait on this, or I don't really need this now. But when it's that card, when you're, when it's got its teeth uh, sunk into you and this new card pops that you've been looking for six months, it's like your world shuts down. Maybe like through your endeavor and with this set, maybe talk a little bit about that. That's a great question. Um, it's something that continues to evolve to this day, right? So as you build a set and there's rarity to it, right? It's chasing a gold out of 10 set. I didn't really know what I was getting into when I first started. You know, there's a layer of personal collectors out there as well who you're fighting with. Uh, and it's a different, interesting debate. I think that's one of the things I've been thinking about is like the PC versus set collecting. And there was a guy on IG, a Tim Duncan collector. I don't remember his handle. He, he had posted the other day that, you know, the PC collectors, that card means more to a PC collector versus set collector. And it got me really thinking. And I guess for me, it's, it's weird because I, I guess I'm more shifting to being a, a set collector than a player collector. I still, in my head, think I'm really a player collector at heart, but my actions and what I'm really doing is set collecting <laughs> in reality. And I kindly disagree with his assessment, right? So as a Donovan Mitchell or a Luka Doncic big collector, I have a lot of their cards. I'm grateful and I'm, I'm happy to have a lot of their cards. When I'm set collecting, I may only have one of that you know, player's card, that card means so much more to me in a way than 
you know, having the Donovan from that set or something else, because it, it fits this huge you know, profile for me or category. You know, it's one card in a box, one card in a binder. I think if people knew the, the extensiveness of some of my collections, they'd probably be a little mind blown. Um, I'm a bit of a hoarder if you, people haven't figured that out. So, you know, adding an, another Donovan Mitchell card to my profile is exciting. I love doing it, but it doesn't have nearly the same sentimental value to me when it's one of 180 cards that I have to have in my mind and in my heart to be complete. There's so much more value for it. So when these cards pop up, you're right. Like the other thing I chase, which uh, I don't really show off as much as I'm chasing all of the Jersey number silver parallels across all the years for the basketball, right? So if I can find one of those, that's what really gets me going today. And the golds, like you said, I feel like I have another shot at. Jersey numbers, I get one shot at. I know I'll never complete a Jersey number set. I know it's a futile effort, but it's exciting to me. So when one of those hits, it is. It's like the countdown's on 10 days, seven days, four days. I chase them everywhere. Facebook, you know, China. I'm all over the place trying to find these cards. So when I see one, it is. It's just like that moment in time stops and it's like, how do I get this card? Where do I fix, you know, fix to get it at? It's amazing what some cards will cost you. Some you get for like nothing. Some you pay out out of the moon for. So when you have one shot, you feel like you got to go for it. When the golds, it's a little bit different. At first, I really chased every gold ridiculously hard. There's one other gold set collector from Panini 101 for 2019. And we probably really, really made each other frustrated for a while. But then it was awesome when we later on were able to complete a few deals to help each other out. That was pretty cool. And, you know, become friends along the way. But it's, it's, there's no one right answer, right? You go all in for every time you see a gold. I don't know the answer. Today, I'd probably be a little bit more patient. But if I go back in time, I wouldn't be at the same time. So it, it kind of messes with you, right? So for the 2019 set, I'm missing a Yao Ming gold. That's what I'm missing. I got 179 completed. I've been on this Yao Ming one forever now. And I cannot get one. And the people that have them are so obsessed with it. And if I could go back in time, the other thing I would have done is I would have the one of one, of one yumming hit. And I didn't chase it. I was like, well, let me just keep that money aside for gold. If I could go back in time, I would have bought the one of one. Mm. The reason being is you learn, um, as Sky Blue, if you follow him, he was missing the, the Joseph Nurkic gold optic for a long time. He couldn't find it. And now, so I got a little bit of aesthetic chasing experience. It's how we became friends. So when I found out he was chasing that set, I love that set. Uh, I was able to help him, you know, grab a couple pieces being on the other side of the world. You know, I could be checking eBay at different times and grab him some cards. He bought the gold vinyl Nurkic. And when he finally found a gold, he just traded it straight up. I'll give you the one of one for your gold. Right. And that's where I'd be at today. I would, if I had that, you know, I mean, one I'd be able to trade it straight up for gold. So there's so many different strategies and different things. And you learn like, Yao Ming cards, those collectors are, there's a lot, right? You got a lot of people on both sides of the world fighting for that card. And it's just hard to know what's going to pop up, what's not going to pop up again. How, how many of those Yao's do you know are accounted for? And how many are out there? I know of four, and I know someone with two of them. Oh. I can't pry one away from his collection. So it's... <laughs> He's the one who ended up, he ended up with the one of one as well. So it's one of those things where you look back and you say, oh, I wish I would have went after it, you know, and had a chance to, to grab one of these. So I, I know of four out there. Um, I guess most players have five to six out there of a card. I, I don't think that they're all 
awful. I think there's a lot still saving cases. I know a lot of people with cases of this product because they believe in it long-term as well. So, and then there's a few in the shadow collectors. One of the things I love about uh, one-on-one, right? There's some people who, if it's your first experience into this, welcome to the one-on-one talking world. It's crazy. There's a few shadow collectors that I don't know who they are. And it drives me crazy because they bought some amazing cards and I cannot find them. Like for example, the Jersey number Zion silver. I bid so much on that card. I thought there was no chance I would lose it. I bid an insane amount and I lost. Same thing with the Luca. It was a BGS nine. I, the set, no one was really clicking at that time. I put a crazy bid in there. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that takes you right back to where you were. We're leaving the hospital for a checkup, you know, before my daughter's born. I remember driving, there's this big ramp down in Thailand, you know, to leave the, the hospital, we're driving down the ramp. Instead of a couple hundred dollars, I'm like, you know, no biggie. I got this auction locked up. I have my snipe set. Snipe goes off. You know, eBay takes that 10 seconds to refresh, pops up that lost the bid. And I'm like, <laughs> who is spending this much money on a Luca Jersey number one-on-one card, right? This set that no one even knows of yet. And I'm just getting blown out of the water by these, these random people. I shouldn't say random, but other collectors that were in the shadows. So yeah, I mean, there's still so much I can talk about, but there's these different memories. So to answer your question about, do you chase them now or do you chase them hard? It kind of depends where you're at at the time, you know, because now I'm like, let's be more patient. But if I could go back, I'd be gunning much harder. What is your, uh, just, you obviously you've probably seen every card that's been produced and the photography is amazing on these cards. Is there a specific uh, card photo when you think about Maybe that's not Zion because Zion's the one that kind of drew you in. Uh, but like, maybe like what's, what's your low key, like uh card that you look at all the time. You're like, man, this is a hell of a card. There's a lot. So for me, yeah, like you said, it's, it's Zion. Like that product started in with Zion. Um, I'm a little bit hurt inside when I found out Zion wasn't in this year's set because he was injured all of last year. That one hurt. If I had to pick a second one, there's a lot, but I would go with the Giannis, the 2019 Giannis, the over the overhead shot of him dunking the ball. I thought was just different and unique. And I love that card. Uh, obviously I'm biased. So a lot of the cards that I like, I have. <laughs> um, and when I had the opportunity to land that one of one, I was just ecstatic that it was even available. And I was ecstatic that I was able to, to land it. I couldn't believe that I was able to add that one to my collection as well. That's the one for me that stands out is that card is so unique and uh, unlike anything um, quite that I had seen. So I, I love that card. Um, I, I know we could go on this forever and I, I, I would love to go Broadway with you at some point, but uh, maybe as we're kind of maybe rounding the corner in this, I'd love for you to maybe share just as a collector through your passion and experience with Panini one and one and what you're going, th- what you've been through, what you're going through now, like, what has this done in terms of your just like collecting evolution and maybe like what is something that you could recommend or share to the rest of the community just based on this experience? Ooh, that's a loaded question. One other thing I want to share is just like one of the other things that really drew me into this product was it's relative, relatively, I don't even know what the word is. It's lo- relatively, I can't even say the word, relatively limited. I'm mixing these words up. So to have a base card that's out of 99 is pretty unique for a Panini. Right. So your, your base card's out of 99. So the first year, I think there's 175 total copies of card. Right. And so, as I said, the prison, there's 60 parallels. There's only 175 cards across all different parallels of a a certain player from 2019. I think it's 185 for 2020 and 191 from this year. So 
that really drew me in as far as just the relative limitedness of it as well. I don't know why I can't say that word today, but being relatively limited really, really stoked my interest in it as well. Going through that process, it's been awesome, right? I mean, you grow and you learn, and it's one of the things I love about cards. Um, we're all competing at the end of the day for some of these cards. We also need to be growing the hobby together. So it's a unique experience to to go through and, and fight with other people for these cards, but then also want to share the beauty of them. Uh, I've been able, fortunate through my page to connect with a lot of people who may not have known of the product or they know the product, they message me, we talk about it. And every single person who's bought one of these cards and held it in hand and seen that, you know, refractive, refractiveness, I don't even know, I can't talk today. These refractor-like feeling of it, it's not a chrome card. I don't know how to describe it. When you get into that detail of, of cards, you got to go to a different person. I just admire the beauty and the peacefulness of it. It's just awesome to see someone buy a card and be like, you're right. I love that card. And I love the look. I love the feel of it. It's challenged me as far as being more focused. You know, the first few years I was lucky. I did shotgun style. Like I'm going after just everything. And with the market just rising and going crazy, fortunate that it works out. Right. I mean, I was dumb luck. I bought so much 2018 prism. <laughs> I, I could go through different things, but you know, that was like my big real venture back in, right? I was collecting Donovan. Luca came out. That's the first big release, you know, back then they're coming out in like December, like beginning of the season. So I go crazy buying so much prism, but it's challenged me as far as like, what do I really want? What do I really enjoy? And what do I want to have in my collection in five, 10, 20, 40 years? Uh, which is what, not what I was thinking about before. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, get that bit of a rush every time you hit a, uh, buy it now on eBay or win an auction. You feel amazing. You feel excited, and it's great to win. But when you start saying, "Hey, these are cards like I have to have. I want to have it," it's almost becomes a little bit of your identity in a way. It's just an awesome feeling every time you get one of those cards. It's gut wrenching every time you lose one. Two nights ago, I lost a Luca Garza jersey number one and one. Right, it popped up. I was trying to check out, and someone beat me to it. Right, it's gut wrenching. Right, I'm Luca Garza. Yeah, I think he's back on the Timberwolves. Most people don't even know who he is. And it's just these jersey number cards, I don't see them re-pop up on eBay. I've seen so many sell that I've missed out on. Uh, one of them I was fortunate enough to acquire on a private deal. But for the most part, I haven't seen one relisted unless it was a non-payment or shill bid. And that's only happened like once or twice. These cards go and, and then they're gone. So it's just, it's like you said, your world stops. And when it doesn't happen, you get gut punched for a while. But then you just... I'll back up and go for the next one. Everyone go check out his page. Go check out some of his mails that mail days at hedges.cards. So much passion, so much I picked up on from this conversation. And someone helped this guy get a gold Yao Ming. Someone, someone listening. DM him. Say you got one. I'm sure it'll be. Don't put put him over the skis too much for it, but just get this card in this man's possession. <laughs> Make my Make my year pretty much. I would love to, to start off 2023 with the biggest chase card that I have left. So, going out there has it. Um, someone else pointed out to me recently it's just after living in Asia for 10 years, it may be back in Asia that I have to go find this card. So, we'll see. Thanks a lot, man. I had a ton of fun uh chatting with you and uh, uh, looking forward to sharing this. I appreciate it, Brett. Have a good one. I had a blast talking to John, his collection, his pursuit, his passion is undeniable. I love talking to collectors like him. Hopefully you enjoyed listening in. You take care of yourself. Take care 
others around you. We'll be back. More stacking slabs on the other side. Peace out.